Welcome to another episode of the James Inc. Podcast. I am your co-host, Jesse Ulrich. And I am Lisa Bell, your other co-host. So welcome and thank you for listening to us, everyone. Yes, today we are very lucky to have Donna Ross and Jocelyn Lee Payne as our guests. They are both volunteers for, for James Inc. as well as on the development team and instructors for the Summer Parent Academy. Donna is also the fourth grade teacher at McKinley Elementary, and Jocelyn Payne is a community volunteer for a multitude of amazing organizations who I won't mention because they don't have a podcast with me. So they, <laughs> yeah, you have to pay for that kind of publicity. So so the the Summer Parent Academy, Elisa, do you want to explain what how that normally works and how it's going to work this year? Well, let me start out by saying about... This will be our fourth year with the Summer Parent Academy. So about four and a half years ago, I went up to Jocelyn and said I had this idea and I wanted to provide, for lack of a better word, a summer camp experience for expecting and parenting adolescent families. And Jocelyn, with all her vast number of connections and her ability to take my crazy and turn it into something real, um, sat down and we came up with the schedule and the concepts. And basically we wanted to give expecting and parenting adolescents access to a multitude of professionals and different career opportunities, as well as um, some creative endeavors um, for them to experience during this four week series. Every year the Summer Parent Academy takes place um, the first week of June and goes through the last week of June. It's a four-day experience. We start at 10 a.m. and we go until 2 p.m. normally. Um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, they have actual classroom activities and experiences. And then on Thursdays, we always have a fantastic field trip. My initial involvement, as Elisa just described it, was to try to work with the idea that she had and create a schedule based on the, that idea and to have as many opportunities for learning as we could jam into the 16 days of summer learning, summer parent academy. The thing that surprised me about the summer parent academy was the success of the food venture. One of the things that Elisa had mentioned was the need that the young people would probably have for lunch. And I took that to heart and we tried to come up with pretty creative lunches. And in some instances, they were super creative because they were donated. Um, and in some instances, they came with a speaker even who, what, who donated their time to both provide the meal and to speak. And that was a big hit among the participants, simply because many of them were able at the end of the day to take food home to the people where they lived, and they were able to actually eat. That was a big deal for me. At least that seemed like a big deal. <laughs> so, so, Donna, you came in that first year after the planning had taken place, and you became our volunteer extraordinaire that year and did some really um, 
special things in terms of making sure that people had transportation to get there. And I should say that the Summer Parent Academy, we refer to it as SPA, takes, has taken place at the powerhouse at, um, downtown. It's part of the First Presbyterian um, buildings. And so we use that facility exclusively. But Donna, you came in and tell, tell us what your initial perspective was. Um, when I came in, I was I didn't know what to expect in the beginning, um, because this is something new to me. You know, like Summer Parent Academy, what is it going to look like? I've heard people talk about it, but to see it actually into play was the biggest piece for me, and was also the aha moment, as well as um, I'm able to have a little one on one per se with some of the uh, parents by taking transporting them home and transporting to the academy and we have those big discussions about what do you want in your life and just having uh that listening ear for those parents when they come in was a mm. and and I understand that some of the downfalls some of my parents is that they have nobody to talk to or nobody's willing to listen to them. And seeing that uh everybody all these pieces are in play and we all work together from the ride to the lunch to the field trip to the coordinator to the instructor and seeing all of those go into play was a big force and an aha for me. I mean, I, I was really impressed with it because I know I've had some parents, young parent friends, young parent family members, and if they were to have this guidance, it's I feel like they'll be led in a different direction early on instead of waiting until we get to our 40s and 50s and figuring out what they want to do and where they want to be in life. That's a fantastic, fantastic point. Um, the whole concept and purpose of the Summer Parent Academy is just to expose these young, young people. Um, prior to the Summer Parent Academy, I had been working with them in the school systems. and. Um, at the end of the school year, each year, oh, let me back up. Every year from 2014 until we started the first Summer Parent Academy in 2017, every year I would witness kids being engaged or parents being engaged during the school year. But then once the school year ended, then there was nothing for them to do. They went home, they parented, no one checked on them to make sure that they had lunches, no one checked in to see what learning opportunities they were taking. So having access to them became difficult. So my, my concept was to give them an additional 30 days of experience and uh, access to adults who could who could pour into them for, from their own professional perspectives. Uh, we did goal setting that year. We did Kevin Fusilier and uh, his, his group, his Catalyst group, came in and did goal setting. Uh, we used some of the Love Notes curriculum that first year. We um, Help me out, Jocelyn. Can you help me remember what we all had on that schedule? We did the photography, we did the, the love notes, we did um, people talking about writing. We, we talked about basic writing and most everybody had to take those classes and then we had some limited, very, very limited for a short time, we had some instruction related to coding. Yes, we had an actual jam-packed 
16 days of different experiences. And what always sticks out to me is the highlight of each of the three years has been the opportunity to go into the parade of homes and view those homes. These young persons had never even paid attention to the parade of homes commercials. They did not know that it existed. They were excited. It gave, gave them an opportunity to dream and to think about homes and neighborhoods outside of the neighborhood that they lived in. The Parade of Homes has always been a huge, huge field trip for our group. So it's just, it's, it's I don't know how to, how to describe it. It makes me excited each year to see them come through the door. They come in and they're nervous and afraid. And then by the end of the first week, we, they don't want to go home. By the end of this four-week period, they want us to go on through July. But the, to be honest, my instructors and myself, we're dog-tired after 16 days with these groups, this, these young people. We also allow them to bring their kids in. And so having them and, and witnessing them uh, work with their children and then having volunteers there to help rock babies and bring babies to moms for dirty diaper changes, all of those things. It's just been a really fantastic experience. Well, should we talk about how this year is going to be a little different? Absolutely. Uh, you know, everything in our lives with um, Corona, <laughs> Corona came in and turned our lives flip upside down. And so right before we went into the um, shelter in place type environment, we had met with our young parent had our young parent advisory board. And we had put together, started to put together the basics of what we wanted SPA to look like this year. And then Corona happened and we had to scramble to continue the programming that we already have in place. And we had to learn how to transition to a Zoom format. Um, and as we were doing that, it occurred to me that we were not going to be able to do SPA in the traditional way. And how do we lose the mo how do we not lose the momentum that we've gained and still provide a meaningful experience? So this year all of our programming is gonna be done through a Zoom format. There are gonna be four instructors that will teach one will teach each day of the four week, four day week, and those classes will be a required class. And we'll also have a number of elective options that they can pick and choose from during the day with some requirements that they each attend four classes, but then also attend at least two or three of the elective classes for that week. And the reason we have those type of um, parameters in place is each year we give away prizes. We give away some fantastic prizes to our best uh, summer parent academy attendee. And those things in the past have been things like uh, camera packages to the person who uh, showed an initiative or showed some real interest in photography based on the photography class. We've given away Chromebooks. We've given away televisions. We try to always pick 
prizes that a young family can use. And because most of our population has been 18 to 24, and most of them have transitioned to their own homes, they don't have televisions or they don't have the electronic equipment that they need in their own home because they're just starting to set up a home. They don't have those things. And so we're trying to give them things that they can use and not just things that they want. I think the biggest reward that they get is just the uh, the information alone, because I can remember when I came aboard that first year, it was about entrepreneurship. And some of the places we went opened their eyes and, and, and noticed that the gifts that they had within that they were just doing for chores or maybe doing for fun was actually profitable. And that was the biggest eye opener to, for them, even for myself. And then having a daughter that seek out entrepreneurship too was also some information I could carry back to my daughter about this, this, and this. You know, I thought was an eye opener and a catcher because everybody don't get that information and we're talking about a whole culture of folk that may miss out because of the situation you've been placed in and it's not about the situation you're placed in it's about how you handle that situation you're in by bringing in the positives and out and letting that negative sit aside and move on so just basically flipping the positive and making it flipping the positive making it work for you for your future your future and your child's absolutely and that's a good point because in everything that we do at James Inc., we try to focus on the young parent and not the fact that they are parenting. Anything that has that that's a real parenting need, we try to refer those persons out to others who are already doing that stuff so that we're not duplicating or trying to replicate the services that another organization uh, is already providing. We like to partner with um, different agencies in order to bring new programming into SPA. Um, we're reaching out right now. We're going to have uh, Rena Cook, who is the vocal authority. She's going to come in and teach an empowerment session on using your voice. Uh, we have Shelly Academy, who's going to come in and do a full leadership series for these young people. Um, Tiffany Tisdale. Throughout our programming um, this semester, we've done a lot of discussion about healthy eating and the benefits of healthy eating and why healthy eating is important and how you can start now and instill within your kids the desire to eat healthy food. So having another young working mother to come in and teach them how to prepare healthy meals Quickly, um, I mean, the things that we do, it's, it's really invaluable information. And like Donna said, some of it, it's taken me 50 years to learn. And we're giving it to these young people right now, early on, and trying to, to uh, change the way they approach life right now. Jocelyn, did you want to add to that? No, I think that everything you said was correct, however. I think that each of the participants every summer has had an advanced opportunity to learn more of the things that they may have missed in schools. Um, I think Donna's point was very well taken in that 
everybody who participates in the Summer Learning Academy has the opportunity to feel very special, or you said this, very special. They're not treated just as parents. They're treated as young people. And everybody has an opportunity to seek, to, to be exposed to and to seek additional information about things that they may have sort of thought about or one day, once upon a time, maybe before they were parents, wanted to do. Our society speaks to young people who are parents in very strange ways. We act as if the act of giving birth to moms turns them suddenly into regular adults. We act as if the act of a mom giving birth to a father's child suddenly turns that boy into some kind of manhood or man, fully grown adult father. Neither, none of that is true. They're kids, they want to be like kids, and we treat them well for kids, but we share with them information that possibly wasn't shared with them or wasn't shared in a way that they thought was for them in school. And as a consequence, several of them have wanted to come back just because they wanted to come back. It's the one place where, they're, where they feel like they can be comfortable. One place where they feel that they are respected. It's a place where they feel that what they know is indeed important in society, and it definitely is. I think it's a wonderful thing that that we have been able to do, and I think it's amazing that you have been able and willing to pursue continuing the Summer Parent Academy, even in the age of pandemic, as we have moved everything online and digitally. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking about the pros and cons of doing it online. And I feel like in this particular case, there might be more pros than cons because allowing allowing participants in the Summer Parent Academy to stay home removes one of those, uh, I feel like, the difficulties of being involved in, in, in the first place. I mean, I haven't been involved in a previous Summer Parent Academy, but I'm curious about how have there been people who just haven't been able to attend because... That, you know, there's something keeping them at home, whether it's their their child or an, another issue in their family. In the first year, we we each year we've gotten better at this. The first year, we didn't allow them to bring kids, and transportation was an issue. It was um, pre modus, and so and we were downtown, and so most of our parents did have difficulty with transportation. And the fact that Donna Ross came in and helped to make sure that anyone who wanted to get there had the opportunity to be there, there, there's no amount of money that we can put on that type of volunteer and selflessness because she would get up early in the morning and go to two or three different houses in order to make sure those young persons got there. then. The fact that they couldn't bring their children or shouldn't could not bring their children at that time also created an additional hardship. But what was in, what was strange about that first year? That was the year that we had more males than we've ever had, and we had males mm-hmm. because 
um, the males were active participants in the relationship and in the in in the parent in the child's life. The second year, we relaxed our um, guidelines. We partnered with Modus, and so Donna still provided some transportation. But um, it was about 50-50 Donna and 50-50 Modus that year. Um, and we relaxed the, the guideline around children. And so when we allowed the children to come and we had that transportation, and of course our attendance was better. It's still never been where we want it to be, but it's gotten better. And then the third year, the same thing. But what's interesting to me, and I'm glad you said that, Jesse, because since at the beginning of the school year in January, we were doing all face-to-face -face classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And our attendance was hit and miss. But post pandemic in the fact that we do classes on Mondays and Thursdays, our attendance has been better and more consistent than it ever has been. So I'm hoping with us going to the Zoom format and then with us opening uh, attendance to the classes up to more people because our, our goal is to get all of the pregnant, excuse me, all of the expecting and parenting teens to the table, but we're also inviting grandmothers and brothers and uncles and aunts and anybody who knows one of these parents that wants to come in, hear the information that we're presenting, um, and learn about James because we're going to take the opportunity to toot our own horn, which is something, in my opinion, I know I don't do enough of. So it's giving us not only the opportunity to have more and to reach more people just based on our availability, but it's also giving us the opportunity to market what we do and how well we do it. I was speaking on um, my experience of being a teacher and being thrust into virtual distant learning with the students via, via Zoom, via Teams, via whatever you have to offer on Google Classroom. I think that... Um, that's a great opportunity because this is the wave of the future is technology. It'll teach the kids how to brush up their skills in technology because even when they take the, those college class courses, uh, you still have to go to Blackboard. You still have to report assignments in. Uh, my daughter came home and she's on virtual learning for way in at Clark Atlanta. But, you know, it's it's brushing up those skills and preparing them for situations such as that, you know, so th they won't be a stranger to it if it would per se, if it was to happen again. But looking at it from my perspective with my class and seeing those kids' faces light up when we're all together in those classrooms, and it seemed like I had more activity and I'm going to be totally honest with you. I had more activity, more kid involvement when we were in those Zoom classes and discussing a topic than I had in my classroom. Uh, boys and girls that were shy and were scared to talk are uh, now speaking. Then they're chatting up. They're using all types of skills just to provide a, a, a form of discussion with their classmates. And that's, and I, I feel like, this will be an a, a excellent idea, you know, another way, a new way, a way of the future. We just have to follow, take suit. No. It will be a challenge. No, it was a challenge for me, I'm telling you. <laughs> but I got it. 
that's an interesting point though. Do you feel like your attendance improved? Well, the only thing, let me just share this. The only thing that really got in the way is that you had those students that did not have service or it's like three or four other family members in the house that are also on Zoom calls. And or uh, we 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 unleashed our whole uh, inventory of computers to these boys and girls to make sure they can get online at McKinley. I don't know what the other schemes did, but at McKinley, my principal was like, make sure they have it. And the only problem was is that they didn't have internet. And some parents battled with, okay, they called Cox and got the internet, but Cox at that time couldn't come in their house and see what was wrong with the internet, why the internet wasn't working. So the internet became a problem. And then we talked about hot spots where she was more so like a parent was like, oh no, not my hot spot. I need my hot spot. So it's about prioritizing too. So you got to prioritize what you want for you, who you want it for. And that, that was the biggest thing but the biggest challenge is just making sure that everybody have a hot spot or some type of wi-fi to function and then even when they get that once again i said how a number of members are on family see at now that is almost over with next friday we got we champions at this. We know that we have to turn off other devices because our internet signals might be not may not be as strong as they should be if everybody is on in the house or if I'm on two computers, it might not be as strong. So we know what we have to do now, and it's almost over. But we decided to. They still want to keep in touch. I could tell you this: when it's time, it's only forty five minutes we get. After that 45 minutes, I had a student told me to leave the classroom. If you got something to do, Miss Ross, just leave the classroom. I'll take over. I'll be the host. They enjoyed that interaction. So, and you know what? And I allowed them to, I left the classroom because I wanted them to have that. They don't get any contact with each other. We were still stuck in the house. By the end of this, I mean, by uh, we're at the end of the road, I have a student that can show you all about Zoom. He, okay, he was the coach. He was the technician. He was the computer technician of the classroom. That's a fourth grader. Yeah, it's a fourth grader. It, this morning, he told me he was doing his sister's homework. Well, you know, you bring up a good point, Donna, because having that experience makes you valuable to us as a volunteer as we start to try to navigate that. And I do think our clients are more excited because they are in their own environments. Um, they can show their faces if they won't, if they want to or not show their faces. They seem uh, more comfortable sharing opinions that might not be favorable or having discussions. Um, this past week on Thursday, we had one of the most powerful discussions that we've had as a group um, in a long time. And it had to do with the question around surrogacy. And um, we encourage our, our clients and our staff to bring things of interest that are, are, are of interest to them, to the group. And we had a young mother that had questions about surrogacy and going into Mother's Day, the, the whole discussion centered around is um, a surrogate mother truly a real mother? And it was powerful. It was it was really powerful. And I'm hoping that those persons that join us in the Zoom format will feel as, as uh, excited and eager to ask really tough questions 
of the teachers that they may not otherwise have an opportunity to ask or feel comfortable asking. So I'm excited about it and I'm expecting good things. I'm expecting our capacity to, to double. I'm expecting uh, it to really become a movement. And I'm expecting to have other people see it and be excited to volunteer and share knowledge with these young persons. Because like Jocelyn said, just because we treat them as if because they were capable of reproduction, that they are capable of adulting. And they really aren't. And they really want our mentorship. They want our guidance. They want to hear what we think, what we, what we, how we feel. They don't want to be told what to do, but they do want to know what their options and opportunities are, uh, even under the circumstances that they are currently in. Um, one thing too, by doing virtual classroom too, is uh, making note they're able to make those connections. I noticed like the first cu the first week we it was almost like show and tell for the kids because they would bring in something that they valued. So you know, to end all of that, to read all of that, I said, okay, all right, Friday is show and tell. So bring what's valuable to you. And it was I just thought it would be something like here, here's my lotion. This is valuable to me. No, it got deep. And one kid showed their piñata. She introduced, she said, this is a part of my culture. My mother made this. Piñata making is in our family. It's been, I mean, she gave a whole spiel. And this is a kid that sit back in the classroom, quiet. But when she got to tell about her story, it changed the dialogue for the whole class. Because we were all like sitting like, <laughs> I know she was like, close your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> them having their own space and, and being able to have the opportunity to just share what's valuable to them was opportunity. Well, and that's a whole another, that's a very relevant point and good point because that's what we found. Our kids, um, our young parents have not been given the opportunity to tell their stories in the ones who aren't writing or don't write because we require that they journal throughout the program. They are becoming better at writing and expressing themselves and identifying key aspects of their own lives that are important. Um, it's really funny too for me because I have been pushing the virtual book club for probably five years now. And with this Zoom format, we have been able to get more young parents to read, not just reading to their kids, they know that's important, but then for them to read for themselves and have critical discussions around what they've read and form opinions about what they've read. Um, our sickle cell client always brings new information from the standpoint of what's relevant and What's going on with sickle cell? We talked about COVID-19 and the sickle cell uh, patient and the difficulties that they are experiencing in accessing medical services. So I just look to SPA to be bigger and better than it's ever been. And I'm really, really grateful that we have enough volunteers with the knowledge and enough volunteers 
who are willing to help us to come together and put this, put this process put this on in this format. One of the things that I can foresee for us is working with the fa- those students who want to participate but don't have the connection. And I think the fact that Tulsa Public Schools was surprised to learn that 30% of their students didn't have the internet connections when they began to take classes online is mitigated by the work of people such as the principal at McKinley, who decided to make sure that at very least everybody had a computer and understood that there were lots of hotspots around for lots of people who had access to hotspots on their phones, who could provide a connection on the phone that they had if they were asked to. And I think we're going to be able, this is a good environment for a good time for us to realize that there may be a few people who don't have connectivity, who who may be able to get it right through now because there has been this expose around the idea of connectivity. I think that's vital. I also think that the teachers make the Summer Parent Academy what it is with their acceptance of the students. What Donna was describing in talking about the young person who offered for Ms. Ross to leave the room when the class was over. I think there's a lot of that kind of enthusiasm around and about in the world, and it's captured through the kind of, um, through the technological experience of education. Because in a technology class or in an, in an online class, you don't have anybody who gets to bully anybody else by staring them down. You can't, it just doesn't happen. You don't have somebody who gets someone to censor themselves by looking away. And, and acting as if they're not interested. You have all of that. And all of that has demonstrated itself in Donna's experience. It demonstrated itself in the experiences that I had in teaching online. It demonstrates itself every time any group of people, any group of more than one person gets online. And, and it takes certain people, I think, to do the teaching in ways that lure the students in the way Donna has described it. It takes a certain kind of receptivity to allow that to happen. And I'm really excited for the coming of this year's spa because I think we're capturing all of those things. Well, and I think that you make a good point in, in Donna as well in talking about the technology and the connectivity um, because as we said from the beginning, we expect our young people to be parents by virtue of the fact that they delivered a baby. But many of these young people live in homes where there is no internet. Many of our parents don't have access to the internet. And many of them are, or, or they have access that is not consistent because today they have their phone that works and next week their phone doesn't work because either they can't afford to pay the bill or mom didn't pay the bill. And when you go to uh, a system like Cox or a service like Cox, 
we can always say, oh, they can go get free or very reduced internet. But in many cases, these young parents come from households where their parent has messed up an account mm-hmm. because that exactly. parent has messed up a tax account or whatever. Then they don't mm-hmm. have access to that through no fault of their own. And so we have to start talking about these young parents as individuals and we have to start really evaluating their circumstances um, as parents. And, and yes, there's so many things that they don't have control over, but yet we expect them to adult. Default, right. default. <laughs> <laughs> default, that's what we're going to call it. Default by default. <laughs> um, Jesse, do you have any wrap-up questions for us? I mean, I guess just the wrap, the quick wrap-up question would be, what would be the selling point to a an adolescent mother or father that this year especially is the year to do the Summer Parent Academy? I think the the quality of the teachers that we are um, bringing in, the quality of the the professionals who are teaching from their perspective would be a huge reason. I know this year we're including Melting Trucking Trucking Company, and they're going to come in and talk about um, all of the aspects of the trucking business. So I'm hoping that that'll be a, a session that will draw in some young men because in the trucking industry, they can make seventy to $90,000 a year without even a high school diploma in many instances. And so um, we're trying to have a broad range of things that aren't just conducive to mothers, but that would be of interest to anyone. And so, you know, if you're a grandma and you want to come in and listen and then you want to connect your son, then then that's a win-win for us. Um, just the information itself in my mind is, is the biggest benefit. Like I think Donna said that earlier. I think just being a part of the first of the first, you know what I'm saying? Because this is 2020. This is the first pandemic we have experienced. And this is the first virtual learning spy Academy. So being a part of the first, first always brings about a big impact in whatever, because you survived it, you got through it. And just, and, and, and when you do, when you first come, it's always your best foot forth. It's always your best foot forward. So this is our first going online with this. So, and you know, we're going to put the best foot forward. So it's the first and it's going to be the best. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. What do you think, Jocelyn? I agree. I think that the the content is the, it should be the biggest draw and the opportunity to be part of a community of hopeful minded people will be the other big draw. I'm not sure that, I think that Donna's right relative to it's important to be the among the first of the first. I'm not honestly sure that all of the participants that we're targeting in SPA will get that at the very beginning of the summer. By the middle of the summer, they'll appreciate it and it will be part of what they say. But at the very, very beginning when they have to decide Am I going to just stay home and vegetate or, or am I actually going to watch what these people are trying to say to me 
I hope that they will decide maybe someone has something to say that I want to hear and that I'm willing to hear. And once they're listening and they've overcome that hurdle, I hope that they will realize that, oh, not only were they saying something, they were talking to me. And I can actually do something with some of the stuff that they said. And I'm the first person who's heard about this. They just, they introduced the information at SPA and I'm the first of the first people who've come to SPA during the pandemic. I'm a first of the first. And maybe that's what they will start to call themselves. I doubt that they will know that on the first day. Be wonderful. There may be one or two of them who appreciates that on the first day. But by the end, I hope that they will all grasp that and that they will all have grasped something that was said during SPA that made a difference for them in some way or another. And I know for absolute certain they will all be registered to vote because that's my commitment. All right. So, all right. Yeah. So, so spa, yeah, SPA 2020, uh, educate, don't vegetate is our, is our tagline going in. I love it, Jesse. And we will not leave out the importance of 802. No. The importance of 802 to them specifically because right. we need to ha provide medical insurance for Oklahoma's young people. And yes. we are right. huge supporters of 802. And all of those nuggets of information will then be included in the learning opportunities and the social media messages that we are going to present during the month of June. All right. You said well, the month. <laughs> during the month of June and beyond. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, Donna and Jocelyn, thank you so much for joining us on the James Inc. Podcast today. All right. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I enjoyed it. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the James Inc. Podcast. Don't forget that you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. And if you want more information about James Inc. or the Summer Parent Academy, please check out their website, www.jamesinc.org, or their Facebook page. Have a great day. <laughs>